Greetings and salutations all and welcome to today's episode of Hiring University, aka Hiring You. We are very fortunate today to have Carolyn Betts, founder and CEO of Betts Recruiting, based in San Francisco, California and throughout the United States. Carolyn is here today to talk about best practices for those looking for jobs and for those looking for talent, specifically for sales, business development, and marketing folks. And I'll let Carolyn tell you a little bit about her company and some of the initiatives that she has. Then we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's happening in the world today in terms of behaviors, specifically post uh, or pre and post pandemic. And then we'll spend a little time finding out more uh, about Carolyn and her own career and some of the things that she's learned along the way. Carolyn, welcome. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, tell us a little bit about Bets and the work that you do. Yeah, so at Bets, we have uh, two lines of business. We have our traditional services business where we help companies find, as you said, sales, marketing, customer success people um, to join their teams and help them generate revenue. And then we also have a technology platform, Bets Connect, which you can see in my background, that allows internal recruiting teams to access tens of thousands of data-rich profiles uh, for sales talent specifically and hire them directly through the platform. Very cool and very progressive and probably even more meaningful now so than ever. Tell me, what are you seeing out there? What's, what's, what's happening out on the street these days? You know, it's interesting because every, it's almost like every day is different. Uh, right when this first started, uh, the first week shelter in place happened, about 80% of our clients put hiring on pause. And um, so we've obviously had to change our strategy to target companies that are hiring. So, you know, security companies, collaboration, healthcare. Uh, and so we've been seeing our business grow in those verticals, but overall hiring has slowed tremendously. We did 20% of what we did in April 2019 and April 2020 in terms of revenue. However, it, when I'm looking at May, a lot of companies, we have have a bunch of offers out to to candidates. So I think uh, actually I have a great little anecdote. One of our clients made a verbal offer yesterday to they met up with the candidate in Knob Hill for a final interview, masks on, socially distancing, walking, and and made the offer. So um, yes. I think that's going to happen. So people are getting really creative, and and yeah, we're focusing our energy on companies that are still hiring throughout this pandemic. Yeah, good to hear and agreed. I think while there's not as much happening right now, there absolutely still are companies that are looking not only if for now, but in the very near future, what it seems like to hire. So let's talk about if I'm a job seeker right now, what are the tactical things that I'm doing? And again, it can be a little discouraging. A lot of people are saying no or they're on pause, but how can I, to use your, you know, use your example, how can I get creative as a job seeker to stand out amongst the crowd? Yeah, well, you know, I think we recruit mostly go-to-market people. And so I think that for sales specifically, treating your job search like a sales process, right? So, you know, top of funnel is huge. Have conversations, you know, and talk to as many people as possible. Let them know, hey, I'm on the market. Here's what I'm looking for. And the more people you talk to, the more doors are going to open and the more opportunities are going to come your way. You know, what you're not going to want to do is, you know, lay in bed all day and, you know, watch Netflix. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So, you know, treat it like you would your sales role. Yeah, I, so I, I, I talk to, like you do, a lot of candidates. 
And I, I, it's amazing to me how many of them start the conversation with, I apologize for wasting your time. And I say, absolutely not. You're doing the right thing, right? If, if the goal with social distancing is to stay away from each other, the goal in job searching is to connect with as many people and have as many conversations. It may not lead to a job offer, but it will. It, odds are along the way, it's going to lead to something that will lead to the contact that gets you hired. So to totally agree with that. Are there other specific tactical things? Again, you know, we talk to some candidates to say, yeah, I'm looking for a job and then we'll look on their LinkedIn profile and we'll, it'll, it'll show them still employed or not open for business per se. Anything else, you know, that are, that seem obvious that maybe some people miss? You know, I think one thing that I enjoy seeing is when people that are searching for jobs post on LinkedIn about their experience and, you know, but having it be, you know, you want to represent yourself as somebody that people will want to hire. Uh, but I think the more that you put yourself out there of, you know, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm seeing, and take the time to build your personal brand it, it is really big. And um, yeah, so how about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think if, if, if it was competitive always to get a job even before the pandemic, people have to raise their games even more so. And so the, the importance of attention to detail, right? And we hear this all the time, don't have spelling or grammar mistakes on your resume. Make sure that you know, your experience is relative to the job that you're applying for. Post as much information and content about yourself to, to distinguish yourself from other people. Be politely persistent, right? Those are all the things that are gonna make the difference because everyone's gunning. It's even that much more competitive for that same position. You have to do things or make sure that you're top of mind. And we say the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? It's an older term, yeah. but it's absolutely true and more so uh, now uh, than ever. Let's, let's switch to the other side of the table. If I'm a hiring manager now, what should I be thinking about believing that things are starting to prepare for reopening, whatever that looks like? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think the, the best companies right now are seeing this as an opportunity to up-level their teams, right? If there's people that have been hanging on that just haven't been cutting it or doing what it takes to be successful and move the company forward, there's now more talent on the market. And I talked to somebody yesterday who had somebody from his team that was difficult to manage say that he got another offer. And I was like, great. And this person's like one of the <laughs> partners. Yeah. But he's like, I don't see him as a top performer. You know, the organization does, but I don't, I find him very difficult. Yeah. I was like, tell him to take the offer, right? Like he's leaving because of coronavirus, you know, and, and that's like such a good excuse <laughs> to have somebody leave right now. And I'll tell you, you will find somebody better who yes. is appreciative of this opportunity. And so, you know, I'm as a hiring manager, and this is what, what we're doing at BETS is, you know, we're continuing to look for top talent and people that, you know, it's a different, it's a different market now than it was you know, six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And in, in sales, there's our organization, our phones were ringing off the hook for years. And now our people have to prospect and they have to figure out who's hiring. They have to get in touch with people. And so we need people that have those skills that are relevant for this market, um, as opposed to relevant for the, the, the other market, right? And so I think the smartest people out there are looking at the talent that's now entered the market and seeing if they can up-level their existing team. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important message for employees that during this time, you have to adapt and recalibrate and raise your game because the rules have changed, right? The old playbook doesn't necessarily apply now. And if you're not doing that, 
you may be left behind. I, I think it's also, and I, I love, you know, to elevate, elevate up. I think the period of, you know, we see all the ads and, you know, all the salutations on emails and this is a difficult time. It's all true. However, it's still a competitive landscape out there. And the opportunity now for good talent to snap up good talent is absolutely there. And I think a lot of companies are poised and preparing for that to happen. There's one thing that the U.S. does really well. It's spend money. And when we get back to stuff, people are going to spend a lot of money in there and need salespeople to do it. So that, that's good. Okay, so, so let's move into to the next section, and we're calling this pre- and post-pandemic behaviors. Do you think that there will be more or less job ghosting, I'm sure you've had it happen to you, pre- or, or post-pandemic than there was pre-pandemic? And for those of you who don't know what ghosting is, somebody says, you've gotten the job, candidate says, hooray, I'm going to take the job, and they don't actually show up for the job or the interview. Is there more or less of that given all the shifting going around right now? You know, it's a tough question. So this does not happen as much in the direct hire world. So I used to do temp back in the day when I was at Andiamo and it was, so you guys do mostly contractors. So I think it's a phenomenon that you see more of than we do in direct hire. Now we get a lot of the like, you know, my grandma died. I can't make it to the interview last minute. Same kind of, you know, it's like, oh, you know, how many grandmas do you have? That's right. Yes. I almost think more because if you're unemployed, I think that people might take interviews or opportunities that they're not that excited about and then realize beforehand that they just don't want to do it and then just not be able to face it and not show up. I don't know. But then, yeah, well, how, what do you think? Well, I, um, I, the jury's still out, although I did hear, just when you think you've heard it all, we had a candidate, again, lower skill set, lower wage position who had who had the job offer accepted, didn't show up for some reason the first day, and the excuse was they were in the process of adopting orphaned kittens, and that's why they didn't show up for the first day of work. That, I mean, just again, when you think you've heard it all, and by the grace of goodness, the company still decided to go forward with them, but uh, I, I, think, I think when things really start to pick up, you're gonna start to see a lot of musical chairs, uh, especially for contractors, because everyone's jockeying for the openings that are now coming. So there are people that are finding safe harbor right now and may go try to find something better. It, it'll be interesting. I think the one piece of advice I would give to anyone is make sure that, you, you know, if you're going to do the things that's best for you, that's fine, but make sure you communicate. People will understand if you tell them the reasons why you're doing certain things. They may not be happy with you, but you have to communicate. And the ghosting phenomenon is just one I don't know if I'm an old guy or not. I just don't understand it, how anyone would ever do that because you burned not only one, but multiple bridges along the way. Okay, next question for you. Do you think candidates are more likely to accept or deny an offer because one company has better beer or ping pong than another? I mean, it's all things <laughs> being equal, maybe, right? But I also see the other side of more, like the market has shifted, right? And I said that earlier and I keep saying it because now more experienced talent has a massive advantage. Before a lot of companies were willing to bring people in, train them up and, you know, take the time to get people ramped. I, I see less of that out there now. Right. And it's very hard to train junior people that aren't very experienced remotely. And it's hard to manage them and make sure they're doing that. And this is very specific to sales. So, and I think that that's, um, 
a cultural thing that younger people tend to care more about than the more experienced people. So I think it's going to matter far less in the future. And I think that actually the more mature talent prefers stuff like flexibility and more money, right? Maybe more vacation time to spend with their family and be able to go on spring break and ski week and all of the things. So I, I think we're going to see companies start skewing their benefits for a 1k match. Millennials do not care about that for the most part. Right. And, uh, but older talent does or more experienced talent does. So uh, how are you? What do you think? Well, I, so I, and I want to ask you a follow-up question that I'll answer too. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you the answer to my question, which is, does work at home flexibility now become a competitive differentiator when you're trying to hire for talent because people are reacting in different ways. Some people have now gotten a taste of it and they like it and they wanted more of it. Some people are frankly scared to go back into the office. We've been a virtual company for the last almost three years. It's worked well for us. We know how to manage people and KPIs and make sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm hearing from some of our portfolio clients that the expectation is when the, the all clear comes out that they want everyone back in the office. And I'm not sure that's necessarily gonna fly. It may hurt them, I, I don't know. Any, any, any anecdotes or stories you've seen out there? Yeah. And what are you, and what are you doing? Because you obviously yeah. have offices you know, across the country. So our people like working in the office, but they also had been craving more flexibility. And it wasn't really our culture. You know, yeah, a couple of days a month, if you're a top performer, great. Um, so now I'm, completely willing to give flexibility. And I, I want to do it. I want to empower the managers to decide what works for their teams and their people. And they can figure that out, right? I think there's going to be days that you want your whole team in the office um, to collaborate, team meetings, et cetera. But I, I definitely think our all hands, for example, we used to have the worst setup for audio visual out of San Francisco. And I was in our Austin office once and I watched it from there. I was like, this is horrendous. This is like, you can't hear, like it's muffled. And so we started doing the all hands remote. I was about to drop like $100,000 on a new AV system and, you know, get it all tricked out. And so the best all hands ever was that what now that we did remotely. So we're going to be doing all hands days remote and everyone can work from home those days. So we're definitely going to be giving a lot more flexibility. Yeah. For sure. No, I, I think it's smart and it'll, it'll rationalize and settle over time for sure. Okay, shifting gears again, let's talk a little bit about Carolyn and your own personal career trajectory and, and try to glean some, some insight from that. First of all, as I understand it, your parents are now on Zoom, right? We've all gone through that exercise of setting up mom and dad, right? If I somehow got your mom's number and asked them and said, what does Carolyn do actually? What does Bets really do for a living? How do you describe that business to her? Or how does she describe it to me? So my parents are pretty young. They had me when they were 24. Okay. So they get it. My dad's still working. My mom, you know, was a stay-at-home mom. But she knows. Well, so we have this thing at Bets called CTE, call, text, email. Okay. And so, you know, if I call you and you don't respond, I'm like, did you text him? Yeah. And then, you know, and then some people don't respond to calls and texts. So you send the email and you, and we even added L at the end, LinkedIn. So my mother is incredible at this. If she ever needs to get a hold of me, she'll, you know, very persistent to make sure that I know that she's trying to get a hold of me. So they have a pretty good idea of what we do. And, but it's so funny because my dad will always send me, like, he sends me all these like leads, like candidates and stuff. Like anytime anyone's looking for a job, he like, yes. have you had a chance to talk to Joe yet? Yes. Like, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Joe, you know, his dad's so nice and we're buds. And I'm like, dad, I'm really busy. Like, I mean, I'm one of my recruiters talk to Joe. He's like, I think you should take the time. I don't know. What do you see out there? Like, with uh, your- Yeah, no, same, same story. And I, I, you know, we've, we've done the whole learning curve thing with mom and dad and, uh, you know, it, I, it's it's entertaining, and again, I hope you know, like a lot of these things, it'll become more of the norm over time and accepting. And I think that's all kidding aside. You know, as it relates to adoption of technology, there's big opportunity for us here because if there were companies that were on the fence about moving to an online cloud digital transformation, call it whatever you want, they don't have a choice now. They have to do it, right? They've had to react, and that's going to mean opportunity for everyone, right? It's going to mean more technical sales. You're going to need more salespeople to sell it, more technical resources. So that to me is, is, you know, again, even though we're laughing at it, I think it's a real move. It's a real thing. It's a real movement. And, and that's, that's exciting for the other side. Okay. I give you access to the Wayback machine. You hop in it and you can go back to the day or the, when you first started your own personal career, real job, not babysitting or anything like that. What do you tell Carolyn, starting your career with the information that you know now sitting here today? You know, it's interesting because I don't have a lot of regrets or any. My first job out of college was selling yellow page ads and in the book like that. Good job. Uh, Like my employees are like, oh, wow. For those of you listening who don't know what a yellow page is, Google it, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was a thing. It was tough, right? It was 2003. The internet was a thing. Google existed. And, you know, people were like, I, I think people might be Googling this now. But I, I learned how to hustle, right? I got a lot of no's. Um, but I built great relationships with my clients. And, and then from there, I fell into recruiting. And you know, I, I did on Diamo for four years. I went to Career Builder. I learned how to sell recruitment technology into the enterprise. And I started this about 10 years ago. And you know, now we're diving into the tech world as well. So not a whole lot of, you know, no, I really don't have any regrets. How about you? What, what, what? <laughs> no, so I, 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 I've answered this question before. For me, it's don't be so concerned about title or ego. Go find the best opportunities to learn the most and connect with the right people to advance your career. I had opportunities to work for big companies, you know, Salesforce, Google, when I was, I'd just been promoted to a vice president and they were like manager positions. I go, ah, I don't want to go back from being a vice president to a manager, you know, silly me. And that was probably the wrong decision for me because I would have probably gained a lot more quality, you know, experience, be connected with people, have it on my resume, which was also important. Not that, you know, it, I mean, I obviously did okay, but uh, that's the one thing I would, I would probably tell myself and, and be open to those opportunities. It's not about the title. And sometimes it's not even about the pay in the short term, right? If there's an opportunity for you to do more uh, for a couple less bucks, you know, the, you got to weigh those considerations, I think. Tell me something about you that is true or that you think is true that almost nobody else, or at least your employees, don't agree with. They don't agree with? Uh-huh. What do you, okay, can you give me I don't know, a, a personal philosophy, something about yourself, a way to do things, um, a conspiracy theory. What thing do you keep telling people over and over again that they just can't seem to get through, and which means maybe they just don't believe it? Gosh. <laughs> 
maybe I'm completely naive. You can pass on the question. You get one pass per. Maybe I'm completely naive and I think they, you know, think everything I say is genius, gospel. But, you know, I, I think, I think it's, you know, one of the, the narratives I always hear at Betts is, um, that, that our clients are very picky. Oh, they're so picky, right? And um, it's like, that's why they come to us, right? right. And our whole job is to work with 50 clients to find the perfect person. And, and I think that, you know, if it's absolutely unrealistic, we, it's our job to set expectations. However, most of the time it's not, right? It's just harder to find these people, which is obviously why they've hired a recruiting agency. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'll, oh, the, okay, their number one thing yeah. is, uh, my thing is you have to meet candidates in person, right? And like right. Zoom now is fine. And they, and anytime there's a problem, oh, the ghosting or somebody, you know, does something really bad, my first question is always, did you meet them in person? The answer has never been yes. It's always no. And they, they still cut corners and don't meet people in person and then get burned. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I, there's never, very rarely, if ever been a time where I haven't met somebody in person where I don't get some piece of information that I probably wouldn't have gotten on via email, text, or even a phone call or video chat. There's something about that dynamic. And again, I think the, the younger generation sometimes doesn't appreciate that because it is so easy to connect with people in other ways. So I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. The one thing for me, for my employees is, is just the, the follow-up and the persistence. And, and again, I use the term politely persistent. You, you know, people are busy and they have a stack of things that they have to do. And if you're not the one that's following up with them and staying on the top of the pile, it's just not gonna happen. Um, waiting around and hoping is not, and I feel like I say that at least 10 times a day. So, okay, last couple of shotgun questions. I, I tell you, Carolyn, I just bought billboard space for you on the 101 North heading into San Francisco. On the billboard, you have to put something about yourself. What do you put? Oh, I'm, I, <laughs> um, what about myself? Uh-huh. I have no idea. What do you, okay, I, I tell your employees, <laughs> we just got the billboard for Carolyn. What are you going to put up there? What do they say? They were probably, oh my gosh, so they brought, let me think for a second. About you as a leader. Are you tough? I, I know, I think they think I'm like the hardest working person that they like nonstop. And that I also, they also say that I have a lot of like really great relationships and contacts. Yeah. And that's, yeah. how okay. about you? Okay. I would hope that my employees say tough but fair. Tough but fair. Yeah. What's the best compliment that you've ever received? <laughs> These are hard. Yeah. It's easier to talk about my company than it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just that I really genuinely care about people. Yeah. And because I, I find that to be very important. And so when people recognize that, it means a lot to me. Good. Yeah. Excellent. And that's going to lead to my last question. What inspires you? I think just really helping people to forward their careers, right? And watching people build these incredible companies. Like I find, you know, I fell into this line of work, but it, I still do it because it's so incredibly rewarding every single day to 
you know, watch people grow businesses and grow their careers. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It, to me, it's, it's success. People that are committed to a process and a goal and the path to that goal to me is really inspiring. And that's with the companies that we work with. It's with my employees that have personal career objectives. It's with candidates that we place. And again, we, we, we really like to stay close to our candidates, understand what their career arc is because we see it as a longer journey with them and relationship with them. So that, that to me is always, I mean, that's what gets me out of bed in most days. And it's true with work and, and personal life and coaching and that sort of thing as well too. So you've asked me to answer some of my own questions, which is fair game. What other one question do you have for me that you haven't asked to put me on the spot if you want to? What do I want to know? Yes, it's, um, yeah, I would love a, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> tough questions. We should have gone over these in the press. We did. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe you sent them to me via email. But I, I probably did. I should have, <laughs> I should have been in person to talk about them. See? Case in point. Uh, uh, so, no, what do I want to know? I think there's so many things going through my mind. Um, gosh. Yeah, I guess, like, what is the most, what is, what are you most proud of? Yeah, those, it is. Wow. Okay. Would have put me in the spot. I'm, I'm proud of the quality that we strive for and in most cases deliver. To your point, when I hear somebody say, well, the client's so pickier, this is such a tough position. Well, they're all kind of tough, right? It's just a hard job. And if you don't like the grind and being knocked down 10 times to get up on the 11th, it's probably not the right business for you. So I think that, that our team takes pride and attention to detail and communication and quality is, is what I'm most proud of. And that's, that's what we're trying to build our brand on and earn the right to ask clients for referrals and more business and that sort of thing. And that's, that's, that's a daily effort. It's a way of life. So yeah. And again, full disclosure, we, we, we try to partner on opportunities. We're complimentary given the work that you do in sales and, is dev and what we do in tech and i think that's why we've we've worked well together so yeah yeah awesome. listen really appreciate you coming on your you candor, sense me. of humor answering the tough questions promise me that we'll do this again in a couple quarters when we're on the other side you can look back and go Phew. and get some cocktails absolutely yes that's right <laughs> we'll, we'll absolutely do that as well too carolyn betts Betts recruiting where can we find you online and how can people get in touch with with the firm yeah, BetsRecruiting.com and BetsConnect.com. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Uh, Carolyn Betts Fleming. Awesome. Great to be on the show. Stay safe. Stay well. Thanks all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care.